Elevation 316, Dr. Rashonda Jones, Unapologetic Real Talk Podcast. I decided to get on real quick this morning, February the 19th, 2024. In worship this morning, I uh, received a download from God and I decided to share it with the world. And my prayer is that by way of the anointing, that the yokes will be destroyed and by way of the Holy Spirit, the anointing to teach and bring revelation will be available to you as well as to myself in the midst of this podcast recording. I was thinking on the stream of rejection and God enlightened me with a principle. When it comes to control, when it comes to manipulation, when it comes to witchcraft, when it comes to any of these uh, diabolical entities, they use strategies to entangle, to bring bondage, to cripple, to bind, to place yokes around the minds of God's people. And because of ignorance, scripture makes it clear that my people perish, in some translation, destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because of ignorance, we don't have the artillery or the weapons to fight off the the different tactics that the enemy uses to snare us. And ignorance is the biggest, is, is the most used weapon that the enemy has against the people of God. But today I've decided to disarm the enemy. If you could listen with the intent to be delivered or set free from this yoke of bondage, then I I decree and declare that God will speak directly to you. Now, when it comes to control and manipulation of the mind, I have noticed that rejection it introduces you or us to an emotion and those emotions can be so diverse like inferiority insecurity loneliness um, inadequate self-esteem issues, any emotion that you deal with as a weakness. Let me make sure I make this clear. Whenever a person deals with rejection, if you are not careful, the person that is using rejection to manipulate you or to control you will always Look for a weakness in your emotions, in the emotional realm. For instance, rejection 
always magnifies whatever weakness you have. So when a person has a problem with being rejected, whatever emotion that they have as a weakness is going to show up. That emotion is going to show up and it's going to act out and it's going to respond to rejection. So in other words, emotions draw, I'm sorry, rejection draws emotions out of you. Some people have anger problems. Some people are vindictive. Some people have malice and offense. Whatever it is that is a weakness individually, that rejection draws that emotion out of you. So if you don't like to be rejected and your weakness is anger, you you, you have a problem with anger, then what's going to happen is that's what's going to come up to the forefront. That's that's the emotion that immediately is going to be the catalyst for control. Okay, now what do I mean? Whenever a person studies, because people do it all the time, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, but people study people. Not only do people study people, but the enemy studies. The adversary knows because he plays close attention. He's very strategic when it comes to warfare. So if he ever wants to entangle you with witchcraft and he knows what your weaknesses are, what he'll use as a tool, as a strategy, is rejection. Now, believe it or not, unfortunately, some people are attracted to rejection, aroused by rejection, comfortable, complacent when it comes to rejection to the point where uh, they don't seek freedom. What I mean when I say that is rejection is a perspective. And whatever perspective you have have determines your response to it. So if you perceive rejection to be direction, then the enemy could not use rejection to snare you because your perspective determines how you're going to respond to whatever situation is at hand. But if your perspective of rejection is something is wrong with me, why is this happening to me? Or you pick up some type of emotion that you have as a weakness, then the enemy already has won half of the battle with you. So with that being said, rejection can be used as a weapon against God's people. Rejection always pulls on the emotion. And whatever emotion that is, is going to determine your response. So when you have people or you have your adversary 
that studies your weakness and a person or a particular adversary or an enemy wants to control you or manipulate you and they know that they can snare you with insecurity or they can snare you with uh, inadequacy or feeling incompetent or whatever that is that makes you have some type of weakness, then what they'll do is continue to reject you because they know that rejection is going to bring those emotions to the forefront and cause you to respond a certain way. And normally what happens is because of those emotions that's connected to that rejection, you are automatically, you're automatically crippled or either entangled or under some type of control. It's, it's mighty funny, but it's, it's evidence. It's, it's not, it's far-fetched when I say this, but if you notice, most people desire what they either can't have or don't have or is out of their reach or not supposed to have. And because of that strategy of rejection, the enemy knows that this could be a tool used to entangle you. So what happen is when a person watches you and they noticed that every time they reject you, this, these different weaknesses come into play. They use it to control how you feel. They'll use it to control your response. For, for, for instance, some people, when they're rejected, they go over and beyond the call of duty, meaning they do things. They try to buy love. They try to buy um, friends. They try to buy positions. They try to buy promotions. All because of the rejection being entangled or twisted, causing some type of emotion to come in place, which then causes bondage or manipulation or control. So what they do is they sit and they look and they notice every time I reject you, every time I say no, every time I say no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be in a relationship with you. No, I, I'm married. No, I'm not going to give you this job. I'm not going to give you this position. No, I don't want to be your friend. All of a sudden, that rejection causes some type of emotion to entangle you to the point of control then that person know they can use rejection every single time to put you in a type of bondage and you stay in place. You can't move. You can't make wise decisions. You can't determine, well, this is not good for me anyways. I'm better than this. I'm, I deserve more than this. You can't make rational decisions because now you have just been under witchcraft, under control under manipulation and now you're acting out of that character or you're acting out of character you're acting under that particular yoke so now you find yourself doing things that you wouldn't normally do now you find yourself acting a certain way or can't be without a certain person or a certain thing you, you can't see past anything because that rejection has caused you entanglement. I know this is true. 
because I, I've, I've, I've had experience. This is, this is not me talking intellectually with you, to you without experience. No experience is not the best teacher, but it is a good one. So I have experienced being under a type of witchcraft or control all because of the strategy of rejection. Now, when God delivers, because I've noticed one thing about God, sometimes for the sake of testimony, revelation, he will create experiences or he will allow experiences. I have noticed that God will only allow you to have scales on your eyes or to be blinded for a certain season. And when God removes the veil, removes the scales, removes the blindness, this is spiritual now, from your eyes, and you're able to see the folly, the foolishness, the warfare. When you're able to see, you'll sit back and you'll look at the picture and say, this was a trick. Satan, you have beguiled me. You fooled me. This rejection taught me or, or tried to manipulate me to believe that I needed this. That I needed them. That I needed this situation. That I needed this promotion. That I needed this position. That I needed this person. But the freedom, the deliverance will always show you the bigger picture. Cast down imaginations that exalts itself above. Above, watch this, the mind of Christ, the things of God, what God has said to you. pulling down strongholds and principalities. So my point is this, be careful. I pray that you are not attracted to rejection. I pray that you are not controlled by rejection. It's just an insight, just a quick conversation with you. Ask yourself, it's a rhetorical conversation. How do I respond when I'm rejected? What happens to me when rejection comes, when it shows up? Every time someone says no, Every time the answer is no. Every time I don't get my way. Or something don't, doesn't happen the way that I think it should. What emotion automatically shows itself? Exposes it itself? Are you being controlled by rejection? And, and I'll tell you this. 
manipulation is not determined by knowledge. N knowledge doesn't determine manipulation. I I'm, I'm going to explain what I mean when I say that. You can operate under manipulation without being aware. You don't, you don't have to have an epiphany. You don't have to have knowledge of the fact that you're being a witch. You, you don't have to have knowledge of the fact that you're being controlling. You don't have to have knowledge of the fact that you're manipulating someone for you to be manipulative. Knowledge is not the must-have in order for it to function. You can function under these different spirits without knowledge of it. You don't have to know that you're a witch to be operating under that spirit. You don't have to know that you're operating under the spirit of Jezebel to be Jezebelic. You don't have to know that you're controlling. It doesn't take your knowledge to fuel these particular activities. On the other end of this revelation is be careful. Be careful of using any diabolical tool or strategy to snare God's people. Be careful. Don't use these different tactics like rejection to control people. There's something wrong with the person that is not able to have the dexterity to allow an individual to make their own decisions. Is something wrong with you? There is some type of complex, some type of inferiority or some type of ego-centric uh, problem. There's some type of issue with an individual that refuses to allow another person to make their own decisions. Whether they love you, whether they like you, whether they're going to promote you, whether they're going to give you a position, whether they're going to be your friend, whether they're going to do whatever it is that they said that they're going to do. If you have a problem with allowing people to make decisions, something's wrong with you. It is Something's wrong with you if you use the Bible to control someone by using a strategy called fear. Something's wrong with you. You have some type of uh, disablement or you have some type of issue with being vulnerable. And you want to admit that, but it doesn't stop that spirit from functioning in your church, in your pulpit, in your home, in your marriage. It does not stop the functionality of anything just because you're unaware. You could very well be a witch in the pulpit using the word of God. So then you have to ask yourself as well, am I controlling? Am I manipulative? Do I have a problem with allowing people to make up their own decisions? Do I use rejection? Do I use us? And, and, and then we'll even get so clever sometimes and call it psychology to trick the mind it's still deception. It's, it's, it's still beguiling. It still goes back to the laws of first mention in the book of Genesis. But the adversary used a type of psychology on the mind of Eve. Yeah, it says that the serpent spoke, spoke 
to her mind. I don't know if animals could talk in that dispensation. That's neither here nor there. That's not even to be argued. But it is to be understood that there were words spoken to her mind. So anytime you're using tricks, you have just started to function under a different spirit. So this was a two-way revelation that God has to reveal. But I pray in the name of Jesus that those spirits are broken off of the people of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will give a new insight and perspective, enlightenment. Open the eyes of your people to see clearly. In the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, that freedom is your portion. That you would no longer be bound by rejection. That you would no longer be bound by insecurities or inferiority complexes. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that a spirit of liberty, that freedom and free indeed will interrupt your life and your mindset and your perspective. In Jesus' name, I break every chain I bind every controlling spirit that will ever speak to you. Freedom, the spirit of freedom comes upon you now in the name of Jesus. And God, because of information, I pray that the anointing would destroy the yoke. Every ear that hears this recording, I pray in the name of Jesus that every yoke is destroyed. Well, again, this is Dr. Rashonda Jones, Elevation 316. I love you, and I'm always praying for you. That God will prevail, and the gates of hell will never, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. In Jesus' name, I love you. Talk to you soon.